RadioInfluence.com. I'm in a special place today, man, as, as I um, as I get ready to, and, and first off, first and foremost, um, I think this is kind of like a, I, I, this seems like a couple of times I've made this happen, a special edition of the DJ Eakin podcast, and shouts out, of, of course, to the lovely Miss Brittany Gonzalez, who would be here, but because of prior engagements and other engagements that she has to do, she's not able to be here, but I wanted to have this conversation, like, because I feel it's a hot one right now, right, so I had to find the right person to have the conversation with and i and i i honestly as i introduced the the team eakin uh dj eakin podcast family to my man rashad tyler and, and let me run down some of some of, of, of who you are before i let you tell us a little bit more about who you are creative strategist producer entrepreneur uh super giant records the orlando classic which anybody who's been to florida knows about um your work with t-mac um you just have a bunch of going on and, and I left some things out because I want to leave some things for you to tell right. about yourself man so can you tell us because people are going to want to know why I chose to have this conversation <laughs> with a brother like yourself right so can you give us a little bit about the, the space that you're in and what you do well let me first um just kind of say thank you for you know allowing me to kind of grace or kind of hang out with you in the in the in on, across the internet <laughs> I appreciate um, it and and, and Broader than that, man, like you are a really, really critical contributor to our arts and entertainment community and have been for a very long time. I and appreciate so, it. You know, I know we're all trying to get in a better habit of giving people their flowers. Yo, man, like I don't know that uh, we can give you enough praise for what you've meant to our our communities, man. And uh, uh I applaud you for being who you are. And of course, outside of the, just the flattery of being in the same circles in terms of like the business itself, right. like, you've always been fucking cool. Yeah. You know I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's like, you're a fucking fantastic person. And for anybody who is aspiring to be in the business uh, or in the entertainment game on any level, um, doing any type of job, never undervalue how critical and how important it is to be a good person. That shit travels further than the work. Um, You need certainly how to work in the talent to back it up. (laughs) But um, again, I just wanted to kind of give you roses. I think, Um, I I thank you, man. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Yeah, man. Um, So for me, like I've been around uh, entertainment since uh, maybe like two, thousand well no when i was in college and i went to to, to ucf in 97 um right. and then i uh i started working with uh, uh pat nix at frontline promotions which i was a partner at by the time i was like 21. um so my origin started as kind of a a, a promoter and a creative person like putting together all of the art and all of the marketing things right um i went to college to kind of study marketing and and, and business. And so I just looked to try to quickly apply what I was learning there and what I aspire to do. I went on from uh, frontline to uh, develop um, a career in music with a uh, finding artist songwriter, Kevin Cossum out of Orlando. Um, we very quickly got onto like Lloyd Banks project and da da da. So he had like offers and deals with majors, um, 
we passed on a deal with like 50 and a deal with um, Pharrell and them only to do a deal with a derivative of cash money and that deal even fell apart. But that's a whole nother thing. We ended up giving him the jive later on and we did a, a great deal with Danger. Um, uh, other artists that I worked with at the time um, or worked with through him in particular, we did uh, Knock You Down for Carrie Hilson. Uh, right. We did Go Getter for Jeezy, a whole bunch of stuff. And you can go on and on about the music side of um, I just also uh, represented um, a handful of producers and other songwriters, um, along with doing A&R work and just all the stuff that you need to do in order to kind of kick it on that side. Right. Um, then uh, in 2012, um, at the kind of peak of uh, piracy and the chaos in music business, that was that moment where that stat came out where the music business had fundamentally lost about 70% of its value. And mentors wow. of mine and people that I was really close to, particularly a guy named Chris Hicks, who was um, then the president of Def Jam. And if I knew his smart ass was leaving the business, it was only giving me co-signature to kind of at least take a break. Right. While this thing kind of figured itself out. And obviously it has now, especially with the uh, improvement of streaming. But during that time, and the reason I kind of interjected Chris into this conversation early is uh, Chris is a guy who, you know, easily the smartest music person I personally know. Right. Not be around or have some proximity to actually know. I mean, met Tom Wiley, white dude, fucking fantastic. There's a lot of great, you know, cats, but like Chris is my guy. The same way we're on the phone. Right. And getting that kind of conversation with Chris. And of course, he was running Def Jam. So that means he's no slouch. Exactly. Um, but with that said, uh, he should be running a company right now. He's mm -hmm. the type of black executive that should be running a company right now, but they're not giving us the type of credit that we need to get in order to be able to cross over into all right. different domains in the music business the way that in white boys do. Right. And I don't mean that in a derogatory way. It's just the difference in our skin tone that kind of separates us in the corporate space. Right. Okay. Well, well, what I wanted to get get with you about today um, is, and and for those who you know, a lot of people who who rock with us, they aren't necessarily in this space. So right. when we talk certain terms, I like to bring them to where we are, right? And here is where we are with regard to um, the music business and and what's happening in a lot of these companies. And I want to apologize too because I think the other day when I was doing the podcast and I, I had our very good friend, our sister, Tony yeah. Howard Lowe on, and I was getting excited and I was like, they're getting rid of, they want to get rid of the urban department. I'm not sure if that is exactly what it is, but let me, let me tell you what exactly, let me read it to you. Then everybody can get the clear understanding of where we are right now and how, how we got here in the beginning. Um, there's a major movement among record labels and now one major radio corporation, according to a recent Rolling Stone magazine article that reports urban is being eliminated in major corporate corporate audio content companies. They say it's dated antiquated term. It's a dated antiquated term that needs to be done away with. Now, before we even get here, mm -hmm. let me also bring the audience to how the word urban got to us in the first right. place. And there's a right. well-known famous DJ out of New York. Anybody who understands the radio game, especially when it comes to black radio, this dude, Frankie Crocker is an icon. Yes. All right. 
Now, and again, I'm, I'm, I'm referencing an article, Rolling Stone, because that way I want to read people the, the exact thing. That way I don't paraphrase anything. Right. The word was first popular, popularized within the radio community in the 70s, thanks in large part to Frankie Crocker, a famous DJ and one of the pioneers of black radio in New York. Right. This is what Frankie said. Many advertising agencies still seem to know very little about the buying habits of today's black consumer. Right. Um, and this was said by Bostonian programming director Sonny Joe White, and he explained in 19, 1982. So stations call themselves urban to make themselves more attractive to those agencies. Because I guess there was a there was a problem with, you know, being able to be like, well, people don't want to buy black stations. People don't want to buy the black product. We all know definitely right now that that is that we are making up a lot of dollars. So that's not that's not even going to be the discussion right at this second. So Frankie came up with this word urban to kind of, you know, like, oh, well, 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 this is going to this is going to fix that. Right. right. This this is going to fix that. And it has been there for years. And we both know there's urban departments in record labels. There's urban, you know, urban departments in, in all of these entertainment spaces. There seems to be an urban department, a country department, uh, a rock department, a right. pop department, you know. Um, now, which brings us to today. And I'm, and again, I'm, I'm bringing everybody up to date with where we are today. So I'm going to read an excerpt from this Rolling Stone article about where we are today. And then you and I'll get deeper into this discussion. Right. It says, for almost two weeks now, a debate around the term urban has rolled in the music industry. Some believe it's it's a barely veiled synonym for the for black that actually ends up harming and limiting the black artist and executive is supposed to protect. Others argue the term is a part of an effort to give black executives a true voice and an opportunity to run and manage an aspect of the music business that has largely been ignored by the corporations. Republic Records announced that it would do away with Urban for now. Live Nation Urban remains unchanged. But this back and forth misses a crucial issue. Whether labels have an urban department, a black music division, or just a hip hop and R&B department, that music will still be viewed as a separate form and unequal to the releases in the pop department. Mostly, white pop artists will continue to get pushed to a bigger audience at radio and enjoy bigger marketing budgets than their hip hop and R&B counterparts. To get rid of the urban category while not wiping out pop simultaneously amounts to a new frosting on the same old cake. Preserving a system in which Adele and Jasmine Sullivan could sing the same exact song with identical power and grace, but Adele's version will go straight into every supermarket across the country, while Sullivan's will be pushed only to black listeners in select cities. The modern music industry has often been reluctant to acknowledge the racial disparity baked into its foundation. But that's becoming harder in recent weeks. Let's talk about getting rid of the word pop to the veteran producer and record exec. No ID said last week during a web and and A&R session. Whoop de whoop de whoop. It goes on. Right. Right. Which brings us to where we are. And before I even let you go, this was mentioned, I want to say, a couple of years back by Tyrese on social media and you know Tyrese does so many different things people kind of label Tyrese as like Tyrese is crazy Tyrese is wilding out on Instagram but Tyrese made this same point he said yo like these records that I'm making why does Sam Smith's you know I'm not the only one it pretty much sounds like a black soul record yeah but because he is Sam Smith the record is immediately pushed to pop and to much bigger audiences right and I'm in the mindset that just like this article says that I just read to you right here right just because you move the word urban or you change it to something that sounds trendy for the situation that we're in right now in the world, that does not equal the playing field to me. 
That does not level out things. That does not give us the same budgets. That does not mean that you're going to get, you know, going to get the same, the same look. It doesn't mean any of that. So in your take, when you first heard it, what, what were you, what were your immediate thoughts? Well, let me, let me, let me back up real quick and add a couple okay. of other, other things for context. Okay. All right. Number one, the, this whole thing is about sales and marketing first and foremost. Exactly. Right. The, even the, the advent, as you said or shared at, about um, from uh, DJ Crocker was about that. Right. Right. Um, and so if you if, if, if you just stay in the macro for a couple seconds, you got to think about that component. Like the fact that it needs to be something that is amenable for the sales structure of radio and content in general. OK. Right. So let's stay in the macro and just now look at time. Gotcha. That time frame when there is no big data. Right. Uh-huh. There is very little confirmation, world confirmation about the origin points and the pushers and the creators of music. Right. Right. So that means the music that we were making that people were stealing people didn't know until 10, 15, 20, 30 years later. Exactly. So even if it, were hap- it was happening real time, the way that we get news now, like if somebody does something that we feel like is, is cap, we going in on Twitter immediately and it goes around the world and then there's a set of reactions, right? Right. Then they're just ripping us off. Like there's all of this evidence that black people created rock and roll. Black people created, right? Right. So again, they're saying, and, and, and prior to that, there was a, a term called race records, right? Which was what the urban title replaced. Oh, gotcha. So race records was what it was called before that. So you think like this was the 70s. So think um, uh, Aretha Franklin, that was a race record. Wow. <laughs> like that was the, there's race records in, uh oh, I think you may have frozen for a second. Okay. I'm here. I'm here. Yeah, I'm here. All right. So there's that part. So we got just like the 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 time capsule and think about moving where we are now and the fact that we can now leverage big data, the reality of our reach, years of um visual validation and social validation around the viability of black superstars, whether it is film, uh television audio, sports, all of that kind of shit. So that's really where this playing field needs to be leveled and it has not been leveled in music. Right. The leading music via Hits Daily daily Double and any other place that you can kind of look at is rap. Right, it's hip hop. Around the world, the biggest superstars are black people. Right. In entertainment. Right. So the real, to me, Problem is we need to correct the start point and the idea of where we have expertise. Because they'll take a white executive and allow him to run black music. Yeah, yeah, we 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 talked about we we've talked about that. Yeah, and I know I've kind of left the initial question, which we need to come back to. But like we will. From a context standpoint, these need to be kind of the the, the touch points, right? right? So again, where we started from, 
because we started from a time frame where there was no way to validate what we truly were and they were playing into the hands of who would buy the product. Today, we don't have to sell shit because the music data, the streaming data, the performance data, the sales data in terms of venues and all the rest of that, unless we're talking about white rock, that's just the oldest music, is still the most financially viable. Right. So you got us in a corner of these buildings with the idea that we're selling against the way that the American um, population looks. And that's the other part of it. When you look at the sales data that we just kind of talked about and who's actually dominating these spaces that they look like us, but we represent 14% of the actual population of the country. It would make sense if you were in the 70s to say like, yo, they're not even that big. Most of the audience is white, blah, blah, blah. Right. It turns out the audience doesn't give a fuck. They just want the best music. Right. So Tyrese is totally correct in that his start point should be the same as Sam Smith because the audience really doesn't care. You are right. pre-baking and giving the other guy an advantage because of your fucking bias. And your right. bias is bullshit. You can leverage the data to tell you the truth of that. Right. Yeah. And, 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 it, and it becomes one of those things, too. Like I even look at it. And again, like I said, I, I know we got points, touch points we got to get back yeah, to. Yeah. But it's such a this is such a crazy conversation yeah. to me that when I first started seeing the articles, I was like, I have got to get somebody on the pod to talk about this. Right. And, and then what, what's even crazier to me is we're even in the creative space of a lot of this music that we're handing yeah. to to the Biebers and to the Ariana Grandes. Right. And to the Justin Timberlakes and, and these artists. And again, it's yeah. not taking nothing Chris, from as earlier. Chris actually found Bieber. Wow. That's what I'm saying. Who was he brought through? He was brought through that black portal. Right. The artists who I work with right now wrote some of the biggest records for Ariana. It's still us. Right. Sorry to kind of interrupt there, but like it's us. No, it's fine. Like I said, this is this is one of those conversations, too. And it's it's, it's a very passionate one to me. And it, because I feel like at every turn, as long as we've been having this Black Lives Matter conversation or these these conversation of what's happening with diversity and inclusion in on in all of these companies. Right. It's like I keep feeling like. There's a competition at every t- there's another contest to have at every turn. And I don't even know if that's the right term to use, but there's another thing to fix at every turn, right? Instead of just looking, it's a real simple thing to me. Make the playing field even. It's not a hard one to me. And I think it became too harder to h- harder to hide what was going on. Like you said, once streaming hit, because when everybody used to say that these other genres were the number one music, they can't say that anymore. Because hip hop is the data is showing you that hip hop is the number one music out there. I the data, the, the data was showing you like, yo, hip hop is 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 jumped up here like this. So all this stuff you were trying to put in the corner about, well, it don't really matter. It don't really matter. You can't, you can't necessarily because because the data is showing us. And again, I don't know right at this point if it's simple, but I know it had jumped for a minute and it was talking about yeah. how hip hop was the number one genre, right? And it was like, yo, like you can't just sit it in the corner and go, we well, it's what it looks like to us because of the population. Because the hip hop, like you said, this next set of kids, this next set of of leaders that we have, they just know what they love. They just love good music. You know what I'm saying? And so they're not necessarily looking at who made it first. They just like, yo, I love this music. Well, you what's know? even even more bizarre, the margins on black music are better because it's cheaper to make. And right. I'm missing no 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 sly way or none of that because ultimately you said something like level playing field or fair fair playing field let's use their language against democratized 
just make it about what makes sense. Right. But if you pre-bake the success of a white artist over a black artist just by giving them a different start place by value of this already larger, bigger, um, uh, what's the word you use in, um, in, in, in radio, the, the antenna, like the bigger reach or however. Oh, yeah. uh, a bigger frequency, a bigger frequency. Yeah. A bigger frequency. Like, if yeah. I give you, um, a station that has a hundred, a hundred, a hundred, a uh, hundred thousand Watts reach, as opposed <laughs> to you want you want a 25,000 watt stick, a 25,000 watt stick, yeah. you know, your reach ain't going to be nothing compared to, to mine. Come on, man. Put how how does LeBron become LeBron if he's playing in the fucking CBA or some shit? You're right. It's just you. You just don't have the eyeballs. Right. So it doesn't matter. You know the other parts of it don't really matter. Not get that. You all right? It's easier to sell Sam Smith. There's no evidence of that shit. Right. Right. There's there's no evidence because yeah. because again, at the end of the day, they have to they have to put the money in the budget to they're putting the money behind Sam Smith to make the Sam Smith thing go the way it goes. They're trying to validate it. But, but back to the point that I was trying to make, like. It costs probably on average, probably a tenth. To make a rap record than it does an R&B or a sing or a vocal, you know, driven record, a, a, a song driven record. Right. To, again, like make rap songs, not sound like songs, but. Again, like when you have a, a vocalist, it's going to take more time for them to cut the vocals and then there's got to be editing and da, 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 da. It's just a totally different process. Right. The rap kind of made the, uh, the jump anyway. I used to hang out with these uh, these Spanish dudes in Miami who kind of were around and kind of got a piece of that early rap action. They was trying they was making uh, Gloria Estefan records and it was like, yo, we were spending like 30,000 a day for the studio. He was like, we get a whole rap album done for 10,000. Wow. Wow. Let, let, let me take it here, though, because, you you know, like what what about if they say for the purpose of this conversation, we're comparing apples to oranges. What they're trying to talk about is say, OK, a record on, say, a Summer Walker, which is an R&B record mm -hmm. and, and an Ariana Grande record. Now, that that is, you know, someone may come in, in this conversation, listen to this conversation, say, well, that's actually comparing apples to apples, making a Summer Walker record and making an Ariana Grande record. You understand what I'm saying? And saying, you know, her audience. So look at Ariana. Ariana's a pop star. But to me, if you never give, you know, a Summer Walker that that kind of a, a look or you immediately say this is an urban record, it goes in the corner and and our and and um. That's the Seven Rings record. I don't know if you remember that, but that Ariana Grande drop. That was pretty much an urban record. Matter of fact, it was so urban that I forgot the artist that compared it. She put her record on Instagram right next to Ariana's record. And it was the same record almost. Right. But immediately Ariana's record is a considered a pop record because of what the space that they put Ariana Grande in. And this isn't to discredit her because she's super talented. Whoop -de whoop, all that stuff. So it's not about she's just an artist that comes to mind when you immediately think of a pop station. She's immediately right there. Right. But she's dope. But she's she's never to me like a like starting from the, the same level playing field of, like I said, you look at, say, a Summer Walker or even if you look at Doja Cat, Doja Cat records. I don't think they immediately just ran to pop. I don't think they immediately just ran to like these are going to be pop records. And they're very much sounding across the board like records. You know what I'm saying? Like those records could be those Doja Cat records can be played anywhere. Like this big say so record that that wound up, you know, it's becoming a super pop you know, smash right now, made it through rhythmic and all that stuff. But I can almost guarantee Doja it was not immediately placed, you know what I'm saying, like 
like how you see some of these records plays like these are pop records like off the bat like the Katy Perry record that's about to drop it's a, it's a it's a no matter how it sounds or how urban it sounds or even if it's a rapper on it it's just immediately out the box a pop record well you know so there's there's a couple things that you kind of mentioned and and I, I want to be fair with um star development and what mm-hmm. that looks like. so gotcha. like, let's not let's not remove that like the modern comparison as a black artist in terms of pre-exposure to mm-hmm. artists before dropping a record. Like the better comparison for Ariana would be like Willow Smith. Okay. Somebody who already has massive awareness for audiences before dropping a song. Just gotcha. a proxy for who she is and where she's come from and who she's associated with. Okay. So, and I may be wrong with this, but I believe Ariana is a is a Disney kid. Yeah, she's she's she comes from, she comes from being in that she was in a Disney fold. You, yeah. you know and so it's like a large part of that is what she's able to take advantage of in order to qualify her for certain certain moments. Gotcha. So I think when you go like Summer Walker, she's literally coming straight in from just the block. A natural. Well, I was going <laughs> to say music discovered act and just right. got through, but. Yeah, the block too, right? right. But it's and again, I'm, I'm not meaning none of this derogatory because I think yeah. they're all dope artists. I'm, and again, I just it's just it, to me a lot of times it's it's almost like a barbershop lingo when I'm having these conversations, so everybody can understand. But again, I don't dislike any of these artists. And to me, I just I, it's a very much a conversation that I just want to have an open, you know, what I'm saying an open, right. an open conversation. So again, it's not I'm not bashing any, any of these artists. So I want that to be clear because that's not that's not my job as a journalist or a job as someone that I you know that I want to present. I'm not oh my god, these people suck. They shouldn't be getting it. No, I'm not saying that. Again, my only point with this whole thing, and again. Not, not even to cut you off is, is the, is the, you know, the leveling of the playing field. And again, back to the, the, the original thing for you, though, that, that you might oh, go, ahead, go, ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I'm, I'm listening. I think, I think the better comparison is Usher, Justin Timberlake. Okay. Listen, bro. And, and explain, I'm, explain that something. Some G shit. And everybody should think about this because, and why we believe what we believe. Usher is three times better than Justin Timberlake. Okay. Vocally, who do you who would you vote for? If you had to just have guys sing, who's more talented vocally, in your opinion? That's, you a, that, that's a tight one, though. I, I cause I think I think it I mean, I think that's a tight one, but I mean I think, I think they're both in there. I think they're both in the, in their space. And I've seen them both live, and I, you know, I think the shows are good. But again, this is when they, this is where they are like right now, and and honestly, like not even to shoot that down. The last time I saw Usher, as much as I love Usher, because I came up on Usher, I think Usher's extremely dope. I just felt like the last time he kind of gave me a lazy concert because he was kind of like just blowing records around, and him and Jermaine was playing around. You know, you'll go to a concert, and this is totally off. You go to a concert, and the artists do like a piece of the record to tease the audience. Yeah. And it's like they they playing around. That's what it's like him and Jermaine did the last time I saw them. But that's not to take away from how dope that, that exactly Usher is. Argument, right? Right. Usher but I do think that's a fair comparison when you talk about two artists that should be, when you talk about maybe this kind of a conversation and a comparison, I think that that right there is like, a that is a really dope, that, that right there is a really dope comparison. The level of icon, the level of reverie, the level of all of it. Right. That Timberlake gets instead of Usher when they were at one time, you were looking at him going, OK, a plan, a plan B. 
Right. And only because of Timberlake's starting point and complexion do we even allow this to be a level conversation. They're not equal talent. Right. And do you say that though? Do you say that though? Because and again, I I don't know if I'm fighting you on this. Timberlake. Right. No, uh, I'm a fan. Like I I think he's dope, but I right. know because I've been in the studio with both of them. Gotcha. Right. I know the producers of the songs. I'm really tight with one of the guys who I came up with was produce sexy back. Right. Right. Even if you say like, yo, Justin had the ability because he's a white guy to be able to make sexy back. We crucify Usher for DJs falling out of all of those records, like those pop records. And they are really dope records. They're really dope records. But the thing is, is like, you even have more ability to go left to right when you're a white guy. Justin just did a whack ass um uh country record. We'll eat it because he's but these types of psychological biases are baked into our decision making. And that's right. why I'm and like, nah, let's, let's not use a modern example. Let's use something that we've watched over 10 years and watch right. and you and I as informed watchers of this kind of race misjudge it. But this is how that whole thing plays out. Because when Usher needs to drop a record, he's uh-huh. from Urban AC. Right. Or it's from Urban Radio. It'll jump to Urban AC, get a little bit of that, go up through Rhythmic and then try to get the pop. Justin Timberlake drop a record, it's going straight to pop. And right. then because we believe that Justin is on equal footing with Usher, our urban station is going to play the shit, too. Right. That's why I brought it up, because when you look at that case. Right. You know, these the, this is the perfect example of the bullshit. Usher, how many how many um, movies was Usher in? Usher been in quite a few movies. Like in the mix. Goofy ass movies. Right. Like gets the social network. Right. Um, this is not talent. You can't tell me Justin Timberlake is a talented actor. I'm not, uh, again, I'm not he, he sucks, but by comparison to Usher, right? Or comparison to the best, you know, he's not uh, uh, Tom Hanks or no shit either. Right. I'm just saying, like, you don't have to have outstanding ability as an actor in order to get those roles and get those opportunities. Right. On equal footing, Usher should be in the same. Right. On equal, and, and again, this goes back to the original problem as yes. what we were talking about of like, we have got to fix the original problem. And I guess what we're, where we're at right now is to say, just taking away a word is not going to fix the problem. Nah, democratized. Yeah, is a better record than Sexy Back, my nigga. Well, that, well, that album also went diamond. We we know that album went diamond. That that's ten million sales. I think the public spoke for themselves with that album that had yeah on it. You know that 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 that. But, but let's flip it though. Like, just flip it. It should be two times bigger than Sexy Back, but it's not because it's not getting it's not getting the support and the run that it should have as if it if it would have been on an even playing field like. What I'm ultimately saying is Usher is running against a guy who has perfect shoes, a trainer and all of that. Right. Usher got a backpack on with two bricks on it with socks. And that 
as you take me back to that, you and you, and you know what the that the the and again I, I want to say this I want to say this I commend you because you did like we were jumping around examples and I think that is about the uh, as good of a comparison as we get in this conversation when you talk about what record labels are doing right and I kind of think back to 2004 because the usher the usher year record right was actually leaked to me that's how crazy it was like like because you, you and I know this like the record did, the record didn't even make oh, songs why is right. like leaking songs to get them popping right because. Because again, in the, in the first place, I think, and this is the whole story about that, that record wasn't even, I think, on the album at first. Lil John leaked it to us all. We, but like you said, it blew up so quick at Urban because everybody was like, "This record is out of here." But Justin would have never had to start at Urban. Is is, is where we are in this conversation. Justin Usher had a, never allowed a leaked Justin Timberlake record. It's so disrespectful to leak a massive suit. Watch this. I was a part of working on the Usher project after that. And they were leaking. Like, wow, this is Usher. Right. So but how do how- enter the marketplace through a fucking elite song? This is an elite superstar. Do you think that has been part of like I wouldn't say Usher's demise or I guess when they, when you do a superstar like that, though, you put him back in another category that, that a superstar should never have to be in, right? Like a superstar should never have to be in that. No, but that's the point. Like, we just don't recognize the bias. We don't recognize how the footing actually affects the legacy, the longevity, the start place, the overall narrative. Like that we're having a narrative or that there is a narrative that Usher fell off in any of that kind of shit. It's totally blocked and prevented by how the label treats the artist, the act, and all of the rest of it. They're right. making Usher beg for positions, right? The um, Daddy's Home record, you know, the Runners did that, that record. Right. There were, like, leaks all around that project. And I know the executive who was behind it. Mark Pitts is a fucking god. Right. But that Mark Pitts, Pitts is relegated to finding other ways to kind of get records started through urban and through the streets and all of that kind of shit. Why? Right. Why is that even happening? It was because of the lack of democracy around how black artists should be treated. The whole thing about Usher is a fucking farce. It's a tragedy. But we don't look at it like that because we don't realize that he's out earned the other guy just because his start place was so fucked up. That's the whole thing. Right. We got to be three times better in order to be the same. That's what I I led the argument with, right? So I'm only kind of... Usher's three times better than Justin Timberlake, bro. And he has to work three times as hard just to even catch up. That's what I'm saying. He's three times better only for you to say he's the same. This this, this is a conversation that is... So where where do we go though? Where do we where do we go? Like you know what I'm saying because we're we're getting this and we're, we even got it we even got it in radio right? We're getting it in radio that yes. the word urban is is going to be removed. You know, um, so so what do we what do we is there is there is there a fix? Because I don't I honestly don't I honestly think we'll live with it. You know what I'm saying because people want to keep jobs and you know the the industry's not going to shut down and this that and the other it matter. It no it shouldn't matter. It does. It's not not necessary. Like. Spotify has ways of grouping and lumping the records by the the style of the record. Right. That's all you need. Just style of the record. But then immediately when 
like Tyler, the creator kind of hit on that last year or whatever. It's a lot of people have been talking about it, right? Really loud. But like, why is it that he makes a super pro progressive album and then it's in the rap category? It's not a rap record. Right. But what happens is, is like the artists who were in the pop world who were going to get accolades will get wiped out when they have to compete against other talent that is outside of their bounds. Right. So now the Grammys looks like a black show. And it's crazy as form, too. I guess we got an example of that with uh, Lil Nas X, too. Right. When he made Old Town Road, it ran up the country charts. And then all of a sudden it was like, this is not a country record. And then Billy Ray Cyrus had to get on it, and and suddenly it was like now it's a it's a country record. When it didn't really change, we just added Billy Ray Cyrus to it. We didn't really change it. We just added a Billy Ray Cyrus verse, and but it, it was a country record. I mean, it was a dope hip hop record too for its time. But it, but it ran up the country charts, and they took it off because he's not a country artist. Right. We've benefited a tremendous amount by having a lot of very uh, a lot of uh, options in terms of how we. Um, uh, distribute awards. So the more categories there are, the more artists that can come into the, the, the sphere, the more people that can raise their little trophy or whatever, and then they get more viewership in that way, right? Right. So let's make sure that the conversation we're having has its proper context, because that's what we're actually fighting against. The fewer categories and the more competition that they have for the top category without satisfying or pacifying artists in other categories, the more conflict you have. So take it this way. If you just had best new album, best new artist, best song, does Drake win everything? It's damn close. <laughs> it, 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 it's almost, it's, I mean, with the years he's been having, you know what I'm saying? With the years Drake's been having and his impact on music, period. So Drake, Drake Beyonce, like they, they should be winning everything every year. The way that LeBron and like two other guys are at the top of, you know, the MVP race and all of that kind of shit in the NBA. Right. That's what be happening. You follow me? Right. So the reason you kind of keep it spread out, at least when you cheat or decide for other reasons to give um, Billie Eilish album of the year. It gives you a qualifying thing to say, well, no, Kendrick Lamar had a great album. That's why he had the it was just the best rap album. It wasn't right. the best overall album. Right. So by having more options, you pacify more bodies. And we're over that shit. We've been over that shit. You're not down with it. Right. Kendrick Lamar had the best fucking album, period. And the stats and the data would back it up in the right way had it had the same type of budgets in the same type of play. Right. But meanwhile, with a fraction of the budget, with a fraction of the play has comparable data and comparable numbers. This is what it is. This is why you make the argument about equal footing in the start place. This is why I make an argument about Usher, because it helps contextualize what actually is happening on a baseline level. Right. Like as to leak a song, go fucking chase the record at urban radio and try to make sure it's the top record at urban radio before it becomes a impact record at rhythmic. And then maybe it'll get a chance at fucking pop. Right. <laughs> like it, it doesn't make any fucking sense when in reverse, if both of those records have the same injection point, the same budgets, the artists have had the same type of ability to kind of see themselves and all the rest of that. 
then you just wipe out a lot of those artists who will right now have a chance to be the call the top artists. They wouldn't have that opportunity at all. And so that's what we're ultimately against. Right. So when let me let, let me ask you this, because I like I said, again, I don't, I don't want to hold you all day. But this is this is like this is one of those conversations. I think there's so many layers to it. When you when you when you when you're hearing now from producers, executives like No ID, who has a history, Kanye on down, No ID is is, is he's historic in, in what he's done. Right. And he clearly says we should get rid of the pop department, too, if we're going to get rid of the urban department. Are you in agree? Are you in agreement with that? It's just it's just music. If right. you make music, you know it's just music. Right. You know, if you're trying to make music, you're just starting to make music, that's an entirely different thing. But, like, right now, I, I, I don't believe that Kanye has been trying to make a rap song in 10 years. Right. He just wants to make dope Kanye music. That's it. Right. Like, even when I go in the studio now, like, I'm not thinking about none of that. I'm trying to make shit that's cool. Right. John Mayer is the only artist that I want to see in the world is John Mayer. Personally. Right. I think this motherfucker is retarded. Top Just, five guitars. He's fucking stupid. And then the right. songs are dope. And I don't bang with the Grateful Dead shit, but because it's him, like I'll get into it. Right. It's in my mind a little bit, but we also always know, regardless of industry, the greatest innovation is at the intersection of a couple of different expertise. So those that understand pop or understand rock or understand that everybody who understands a piece of that will make the intersection and make this new thing. That's a hybrid of all of them. So it only makes sense to do away with all of those divisions. And, 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 and mind you, I also believe that some of this shit only exists to keep the relevance of the music business anyway, the label anyway. Because right. I think there is a very loud conversation about the usefulness of labels and why the the, the patriarchy uh, associated with labels is causing a lot of the confusion. We don't need them for the same things that we've needed them for. Certainly not right. to filter out and all of that kind of shit. But right. more like this just seems like something that's more for them and their benefit to keep them at the top of the distribution or the, the, the gatekeeper conversation than anything else. Right. So at the, so at the end of it all, at the end of it all, get rid of all that shit, just make dope shit. So you're saying at the end of it all, we, we honestly should get rid of all, all the department, all the, well, like saying urban and the, and the, and the pop, we should, we should just make, that should just be across the board. One department that's working working records but let me but let me ask you this if radio doesn't follow like saying radio still is in these pop stations and urban stations then the label can't go but so far any can they the label they have to match up are you in the mindset of that they have to match up everything's in a in a in a very odd space where it has to be redesigned in all of these different sectors so i'm glad you, you brought that up so like what's the what is the new vision and redesign necessary for radio if nothing else that this pandemic has done is pointed out how many systems are flawed. You there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Um, and because of that, you have to acknowledge that radio is not necessarily losing footing because of the way that people reach radio. It has a distribution problem for sure. But the format is also foreign. 
right? Are we going to get to a place where, like, if we're listening to the, a podcast or whatever, watching podcasts, because even the people who are making podcasts realize that they need to be able to have ads pop up visually on top of the, on top of the podcast while they're going on, while you mention a product, and you be able to click on it, as opposed right. to it being um, all audio and then they're taking a, a commercial break. The problem with all of this shit is it, this is the first thing we talked about. It's all linked to capitalism and how you sell a product to corporations. Restructure that shit. The music should not be held bound to that part. Right. But that's a part of the conflict. So now we're talking about the two big things that are holding all of this shit together, making it hard to change anything. It is radio and the current distribution um, system. Right. How we categorize things and how we distribute them, like literally how we you know, disperse them and then how we celebrate them. Right. So we celebrate them in the same way that they're distributed. And so in between those two things, like we're kind of stuck in the middle, knowing that we need to pivot in terms of how we make. And how we leverage inside the creativity inside of the buildings. Right. But those two things need to adjust first. I wouldn't even say first. I don't even know who needs to go first. I don't, you know, I haven't thought about right. that, really, but get rid of that shit. I think maybe if the, if the labels lead, then everything else will restructure. Cause at the end of the day, the playlisting, who's deciding who goes where and all the rest of that kind of shit is totally fucking trash. Right. They, they've tried to make it a lot about like, well, the data, da, 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 but like anybody who does any uh, computer science work or data science work, you know that the experiment is largely based on the experimenter. Right. So the motherfuckers is creating an experiment that's designed for a certain outcome. Wow. Boom. Um, we could go on and on about this, man. But again, I, 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 to me, this conversation has, has very, has many layers, but I wanted to, I wanted to, to get out here and have this conversation now with somebody that I definitely respect in this game. And I, I appreciate you taking the time. I, 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 I'm not sure that we got to other than we need to fix the system. I, I, that, that I think is something that we, like you said, it's a, it's a, it's a systematic issue, you know, and, and it's a systematic issue. You mentioned this too, in different, in different places, right. you know, you know, so, so it, like you said, it's, it's, if it's nothing else that this pandemic and quarantine and COVID-19 thing has, has shown us is like a lot of these systems they, they're not playing fair. A lot of these systems are playing fair. And one word or one adjustment of say it this way is is not is not going to keep pacifying us. It's not going to fix the, the the real issue. There's you systemic know. problems there that we're not talking about because we don't have the proper ways of framing it. And that's what, you know, hopefully I added. I know it kind of probably feels like more of I'm derailing a lot of the questions, as, no. but it's it's like the Black Lives Matter conversation. It's like. No, motherfucker, like, this shit ain't got nothing to do with the flag. Right. So people are like, oh, do we? No, that ain't got shit to do with it. Usher is better than Justin Timberlake. Here's <laughs> what it means. Right. And if you don't understand what this means, then you can't understand what needs to happen. You need to understand that Usher's, what seems like equivalent footing, is actually not the fucking same. The right. Equivalent outcome. James exactly. had to fight much harder than Elvis Presley, right? You have to acknowledge this shit first in order to have a way of thinking that will support fixing what needs to happen in the future. If you don't right. buy that shit, you can't buy nothing. Right. 
Yeah, I never. I, and what's crazy, man, is as big as Usher is, and as much as I'm a fan of Usher and Justin, when you put it in that context of they're not even starting a race at the same starting point, so Usher has to do that much more to catch up, and then. When he catches up, it's like, oh, my God, they're both big stars. But you're forgetting that Usher was this much more back here to start up just to catch up. Because you never you never because you know why you never do that? Because he got the best of the black hand. Right. Getting getting a good black hand is not anywhere close to getting a good white hand. Hell, it's getting a bad white hand. Getting a good black hand is getting a bad white hand. So what if Usher got a good white hand? It's just, but you know that they're gonna, they're gonna, the 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 pushback, Rashad is gonna be that he did get the good white hand when he deserved it. I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to rile you up. You know, I didn't mean to rile you up because I know it'll rile. I know because you, you know because you know it's like after he's worked Urban and Urban AC and got through rhythmic, then we'll work him at pop. Then that department will take over. This is why that none of that shit. You just did it right there, right? That's that's why you didn't have none. What is it? What is it? He went to pop. He. That's why the shit shouldn't exist. That's exactly the point. It should have never existed to begin with. Right. Because if both of them were actually on equal footing, the system wouldn't even allow for different entry points. It would right. allow for the appropriate entry point based on the music type. The categorization should not be race. The categorization should be music type. If Justin right. is making R&B, it's R&B station. There's no like R&B pop leaning, R&B urban leaning. Right. R&B, motherfucker. Right. And let the best R&B record win. So, so let me. So do you think, and it, it, I know it's going to, this going to, no, it's fine. I got, I got, no, I, I know you and I ain't afraid to talk about anything. I know I, I got to let you go though soon. So, um, and I, and I try to, I put it to these examples because that way people can kind of have something to like work on it. And, and the Sam Smith example was a pretty good one, I think too. And I think Sam Smith was a dope artist. The record, you know, I'm not the only one, right? It was a slow record. That to me was pretty much an R&B record, right? And I even, matter of fact, I even heard that one on the urban stations. I heard that on a lot of urban stations, yeah. but it didn't start there. But, but it didn't have to start there. It didn't have to start there. Like, and that was Tyrese's point too. The record didn't have to start there. It's like, oh well, yeah, we could give it to Urban too, but we're gonna he's really he's our pop artist. How about Urban should have been like, no, fuck that. We're not playing that shit. Y'all keep that shit over there. Urban ain't gonna do that. Will they? Pop do it. Why the fuck not? That's the this one you see what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> no, that's the that's the whole game. Pop is like, no, keep that black shit over there. Right. Us on the black side, like, no, like, no, we're cool. Like, that's the whole reason, like, we have this whole thing about, like, rioting or whatever the fuck that looks like, because we are more reflection of Martin's approach than Malcolm's. And I'm saying to you right now, we probably should have a lot more Malcolm at those times. Now we're starting to wake up to that being a, a necessary response. Right. Why are we giving Sam Smith extra money when they won't give Tyrese extra money? We just didn't look at it that way. We weren't, you know, there were people right. saying this shit now. A lot of people saying this shit loud. Right. But the if you don't buy the ushers, you can't get into it. So acknowledge it. 
So let me make this this the, the very last point. I promise this last point because I keep saying this last. So yeah. are you are you saying with that what they're not really facing and not trying to say out loud is we're systematically having another race issue. It's not an urban word issue because because I think that like I think I don't understand why at this point we're still afraid of the hard conversations because they all just have got to be had at this point, right? So are they doing? From what you know, and again, nobody may have said this because that's what it feels like to me. It feels like like they're just trying to quit saying it's not a white and black thing. It's it's the urban department is dated, but we're not even looking at the other side of the room saying nothing about maybe the pop thing is dated. We're not saying none of that. We're just no. so so at the end of the day, are are we maybe? I guess agreeance is a good word that we just got to go ahead and like you said, first of all, face. This is the this is the issue right here. It ain't the word urban problems. They're systemic, deep systemic problems. And look, we bought into it. We believe that we have to break our records a certain way. Right. It's the same reason your mama believed we supposed to eat chitlins. We always ate chitlins. Right. Nothing wrong with chitlins. What's wrong with chitlins? It's like, yo, you know, you start eating chitlins because you had to eat that shit, right? Guess what? We don't have to eat that shit no more. So many layers here. Watch this. We still breaking records that way. We still doing that. We still relegate Usher to that. Why? They don't do that. And Usher is a damn superstar. Do it. And like, it's it's brothers who are brothers who you know what I mean, like us. Right. Who are in white world who make white music, who are working with Chris Anacute works with Katy Perry. Right. He found it when he was he was young when he found it, right? That's what I'm saying. It's the same shit. So he knows, like, oh, when we roll out a Katy Perry record, we roll it out like this. We talk about rolling out a black record, we well, we need to go to the to to uh the DJ and buy him some shoes in order like they don't do that shit. Right. It's in. Now different game. Man, I, I man, we still eating chitlins, man. Like fuck that. We shouldn't be eating no chitlins. This shit is systemic, and we have to, again, really deeply acknowledge the entire thing. And we haven't gotten to the ownership and the financial distribution. Yeah, all of those different things, because all of the shit ends up. Um, and last thing, this is this last thing I'll say. I'm gonna show. You. <laughs> it's all good. You do not hear brothers bragging about having ownership or stock ownership in these companies before this IPO. So how we built this massive fucking company that goes to IPO on the backs of all of the creative and all of the copyrights from us. And none of us are going to be minted billionaires. Not from that. Deeper issues out here, man. I, uh, hey man, I I appreciate you, man. Uh, before we go, where, where can they find you at in the digital space? Because I I know you out there. <laughs> yeah, at Rashad Tyler, pretty much everywhere or whatever. And you know, like I'm not super active on that feed. I probably will be at some point. I'm always in the stories and whatnot, though. But um, you know, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, whatever, and all of the companies and all the things I'm lucky enough to be involved in. Like you know, you can probably get to some of those things there. Um, right. Uh. Real quick, want to acknowledge some, uh, uh, Tony, you mentioned earlier, like, love you. Um, you know, my business partner, uh, Corey Toomer at Four Life, who's local, who's in Lakeland. Uh, and then my business partners for all the other companies, including Jordan Ray, 
um, the guys that they snatched, so on and so forth. So it's a lot of people I want to kind of acknowledge, but like at the end of the day, I do that because whatever we're able to do, we ain't do none of it. We can't do none of this shit by ourselves. Right. We can't. We can't do any of it by ourselves, man. I I, I appreciate you again too, man, because this this conversation I, I I wanted to have, and I'm sure it's it's not over yet, and and I'm 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 watching it because again, I just feel like. People are thinking the easy fix is to change a word or change a title, and and again, I I think that there's there's much deeper problems, and we gotta we gotta keep looking into that. We gotta keep reading deeper, and we gotta keep getting into like you said these real stories and what's really going on in in these offices and and out here in, the, in these numbers for real, man. Um, so I'm gone, man. Again, my man Rashad Tyler. Um, of course, across all social platforms, you can find him and um. This is like a midweek episode. I'm not even waiting until next Friday to drop this. This this one's this we got to get this one out early because it's 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 what's going on now, man. And I got to I, I just want to keep having these talks because I feel like I learn something every time, man. So I appreciate you taking the time. All right, man. Thank you again for everybody, the entire family, man. I hear the DJ can podcast, man. Shouts out to Radio Influence. Um, you can find us across you know all the all the uh, spaces where you get your podcast fix. And shouts out to Brittany Gonzalez. I I think Brittany's back next show. Yeah, she'll be back, man. Um, we gone, man. This is a cannabis podcast. Quick fix on radio influence. In the state of Illinois, you know, we're in the middle of this global pandemic. You want to you want to say that, you know, time, times are going to be tough for these companies with unemployment being as high as, as it is. Uh, retailers, you know, in the marijuana business saw the busiest month uh, in a record June, basically racking up more than almost 50 million dollars in total sales and uh you know basically that shattered their existing records statewide um and you know the stores in Illinois they nearly had um almost a million cannabis items sold in June alone okay and that's 5000 more than the previous month and they had the 35 million dollars from residents sold a lot okay if you have 50 million dollars a month that's pretty damn good i don't care what kind of business you have but 35 million was from residents and 12 million was from out-of-state visitors so people are still visiting chicago and people when they are visiting they're coming and they're going to get uh their medical marijuana the cannabis podcast can be found on apple podcasts stitcher tune in radio google play and radioinfluence.com